Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and your Baron of Brewskis. It is September, and that means October, November, December. This is uh, this is kind of the, one of the better seasons in Seattle, the Indian summer, the Native American summer, whatever we're going to call it. Uh, at least it's sunny and dry for the most part. Uh, I'm sure we can get some rain. And uh, when we think about rain, that's okay because what, what does rain do? Rain helps uh, grow pumpkins. It helps grow mushrooms. And these are all kind of the fall things that uh, it also helps the rivers flow so those salmon can come back. Um, and it just is the perfect season for getting into things that – uh, have a little more body, have a little more flavor. We're not looking for refreshment so much. We're looking for probably a little more pleasure, and um, which is I'm always seeking that actually. Um, and we're going to talk about beer. I have Joe Basaka, one of the, the founding, uh, well, the founding father, <laughs> old dude. He, uh, him, and uh, Dick Cantwell and uh, um, Dave, Bas- uh, Dave, Bueller. Dave Bueller. Yeah, uh, all these cats um, started a great, great project uh, out of a basement into a giant, into like multiple locations and thousands and thousands of barrels. Beer. So we're talking beer today. We have the Great Pumpkin Festival coming up in October. But um, uh, interestingly enough, I just wrote a little paper because I am on my Master Sommelier exam uh, study program, and the first task I had was to write a paper about comparing and contrasting the stylistic development of craft beer in the U.S. and Europe. How appropriate. Uh, and as everyone knows, I'm sure, that the European market, well, beer started in Mesopotamia, right? We had some grains, probably had some dried fruits, and they figured out that water, yeast, they didn't know what yeast was, but uh, this, you know, the, the the pilgrims ran out of beer. That's why they stopped off on Plymouth Rock. George Washington had a brewery, so did some guy named uh, John Adams, or something. <laughs> I think that was name was John Adams. Um when you think about uh, the beer in Europe, you're talking about monasteries and really um, places that had were close to to uh, uh, fields of grain, and they had good water sources, and that's how kind of breweries started. And they were very, very communal. Um, basically, it was the neighborhood bakery had the neighborhood brewery, and, and that's kind of how Europe had fostered this whole uh, brewing industry. And of course, uh, some of those uh, immigrants who were um, Czechoslovakian or Bohemian and German, um, French, uh, Belgium, um, they came over to the United States and started some breweries. You might have heard of them, Anheuser-Busch or Coors or Pabst uh, or Stroh's. And uh, they made the same style of beer that they made from the home ca- hometown. And uh, when we think about craft brew, it all started in California with Sierra Nevada making the Indian Pale Ale, which I remember drinking all the time because a it had a little higher ABV, which was good when you're when you're young and dumb. You were just looking for the the fun, I guess it is. But it had a lot of flavor, and it really um, expanded our horizons. Of course, what came next, I think, was Pyramid Hefeweizen, and of course, Red Hook had the ESB. And we look around the landscape in Oregon and, of course, Washington, uh, huge brew, brewing history. Um, and then here we are to today, 2018, and coming up in October, which is fall, which means pumpkin and Halloween and school and football. And uh, Joe Basaka, hey, welcome to Happy Hour. Thanks very much for having me. Good to have you. Uh, what year is the, was Elysian founded? 96. 1996. 96 we opened up. Excellent. Uh, how many... Gallons of beer it just has Elysium produced, do you think, oh, over, the, over the... Millions of gallons Millions of, of gallons. <laughs> millions how of many, gallons. 
Tons of hops have you used, do you think? I cannot even imagine how many tons of hops we've used. How many locations do you have? Uh, so we're actually down to three now. What? Yeah, so our building, uh, Elysian Bar, was in, is getting torn down. And they're building apartments. Wait, I thought it was a uh, historical site. Like it's a historical Soto. site. Right. Yeah, historical right? site. <laughs> <laughs> we need some city council people yeah, to sort of stand up for it. You know, keep, keep the show box going, though, right? Yes. That's the that's that's thing now. I've been there many times. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing the police in the show box in 1983, I think it was. I remember seeing the police outside the show box, too. Ah, that's right. <laughs> they're everywhere. Very good. <laughs> this is fun. Um, how many brewers have been... Uh, Helming the uh, the direction of uh, Elysian. Oh, the staffers! Wow, we've had probably twenty between twenty five and thirty different brewers over the years. And you know, when we brew, there's always a lead brewer. So Dick, during all those years, was our head head brewer. Uh, Josh is our head brewer now. But it's always more of a collective of all the brewers that we have on staff to flush ideas out and come up with new things. Uh, we do about a hundred different styles a year. Wow! And so, uh, out of how many locations? So, Lesian Fields is our pilot system. Okay, so a little ten barrel brewery. Sky's the limit, which is twenty kegs. Twenty kegs is correct. Right. Yes, yeah. sir. Uh, sky's the limit. Brew whatever you want to brew. Something kind of starts sounding good and tasting good. We can kick it up to Capitol Hill. That's uh, you know twenty barrel system okay. there. And then if that makes some sense, then we go down to Georgetown. Which is 240 barrels a batch. So making the leap to Georgetown, you got to have a home for this stuff, right? Of course. That's the key. Uh, how many? How often are you involved in that sort of, uh, uh, what do you call it, inspiration brewing or well, what's the word? Yeah, insp- right? Yeah, inspiration so I, brewing? Think, I think, you know, I, I like to look at my role more as sort of kind of nudging us in directions and then backing off. So kind of giving the guys some ideas about some new things that are coming up and some maybe uh, white space out there in the market uh, that I think we should take advantage of. And and then you're hiring these guys for a reason. They're really good. Right. Back off and let them do do their work. Uh, I like to come back around the other end and do the taste testing at the uh, sure at the end of things too. Right. Well, that's the fun part. <laughs> Would you consider yeah. yourself a beer expert? Um, no, I mean, I you know, I know a lot I mean, about you're beer. Yeah, yeah. I, I love beer. I can tell you it for days. But it's you know, I mean, you know, beer expert. I think there's some guys that know a hell of a lot more than I do on it. All right. Really? Do you uh, have you been asked to judge festivals or competitions, things like yeah, that? Yeah, here and here and here and there. Uh, haven't done uh, GABF usually. Uh, active. Great American Beer Festival, by the way, which takes yep. place in Denver, Colorado. I think brewers are the ones that actually pick for those. You know, the active brewers. Oh, that I are brewing see. So they day, get to go yeah, out day in and day out. Sure. And, and you kind of want to give those guys space. Um, uh, that's their life. That's their role. Right. That's their thing. Have you visited the Home Brew Con? I have. Yes. I was just down there this no. year. Uh, really impressive. Um, it is. I think Sir Shapiro's helped them put that together. Down. It was down in Portland. Uh, and surprisingly, how organized a lot of these brew clubs are. Organized and really good beer. Yeah. You know? I was yeah. I was blown away by some of the quality of the beer that was, this is, I mean, first of all, it is in a keg already. Yeah. But, and it's just, it's clean, it's interesting, it's complex, it's smooth, it's delicious, it's balanced, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is great stuff. In the 90s when we were homebrewing, that was not the case. No, we didn't understand <laughs> how to control the temperature. I remember sticking out a, a, um, a carboy out in the yeah. in the summer sun and watching that thing just boil away. 
I that's one of the worst beers ever made. I had a closet full of bottle conditioned beers down on Alki Beach explode. Like oh. a whole closet full. Just like bottle after bottle after bottle went. It was August. It was hot. I overprimed. They went. overprimed. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Wow, that's really a lot of explosion. I mean, it's talking about some pressure there. It was a Belgian triple. It was oh. not a good smelling apartment when I was done. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, do you drink a lot of beer now? I do. Okay. How about wine? Are, are you? Uh, I do drink a lot of wine, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> surprisingly enough, right? Yeah, that's right. We're both on dialysis yeah. or something. <laughs> Uh, do you do you have favorites? Do you, do you taste outside? I mean, I made wine a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and I've had the pleasure of selling it and producing it. And I find that I've I, I would admit I, I tend to have a house palate because sure. I was liking my rosé and my, my white wine. And um, as a small yet, you, you can't actually have a house palate; you have to be a global palate. But for you, have you? Do you go out? Do you venture out? Do you try the Bodie's office? Do you try the Luc- always? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bodie's a great beer. You know, George Santos. Awesome job too, uh, but I mean, I mean, I think for for me, like one of the one of the ways that I can uh, kind of inspire our staff, you know, times two, is really tasting around and seeing what everybody else is getting done. You know, what kind of what kind of beers uh, folks are doing. Um, you know, brute IPA is a big big thing now. Um, you say brute brute, I- brute. IPA, yeah. Meaning- so actually, we do a, there's an enzymatic uh, reaction you do in the mash. Uh, so that 100% of the sugar for, ferments out bone dry. Interesting. Like a, like a brute cham- sure, yeah. cham- cham- champagne would. And to, to playing with some twists on that. I got some uh, ideas rolling around. Okay. Yeah. Well, we don't want to give any secrets away yeah. yet. Uh, but that's interesting to use the term brute. And brute is a term that the British used to describe French champagne at the time sure. because it was brutish. Right. And it was a little dry and austere and acidic. Um, and that term stuck, obviously, to talk about dry champagne. And when you think about beers, what do you think is – who's the, the, the most popular – Craft beer. Well, I mean that that term is changing a little bit, but we'll say craft brewery in Washington. Who do you think's number one? Is Elysian? Elysian's number one now. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, I I think that over the years, uh, craft brewers, we've we've done it to ourselves to create really fickle customers out there. Right. Uh, Told them that you know variety is great and you should go shop around. So. Uh, it's a tough battle staying on top. You know, it's really hard. You've you've got to reinvent yourself every single year. Right. Come up with something new. It was easier when yep. you were one of ten craft breweries. Oh God, <laughs> the shelf so much easier. Uh, yeah. And now you've got cider. Have you guys uh, yeah. thought about this, the competition or the the interest in any cider? I mean, yeah. Doing... So we've we've done some beers uh, fermented with apple must, and we've kind of we've cidered as well as fermented at the same time. Uh, we're looking to try to work with uh, another cider maker to try to uh, mm. have them make a cider, and we do a beer and then blend the two, right? To kind of create post. Uh, when you ferment apples, you want to ferment uh, much colder and slower, right? Than than with beer, and so they don't like fermenting together, which is kind of why we don't I make see. that beer anymore. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, and so I think you know doing them uh, side by side, then blending them at the end would be kind of a cool thing, right? right. Yeah, it's like it's making right. a shandy to some sure. degree. Yeah, totally. Do you have a lab um, analysis? Do you oh, guys, yeah. Are you guys very chemically inclined? I'm mean, not to use chemicals, but to to actually uh, organic chemistry. Yeah, like. so we've got a pretty well equipped lab. I mean, it's at some point, you know, I mean, from the home home brewing era, like one of the things in the '90s, we didn't really understand <laughs> rogues cleaning. Right, ninety uh, percent of brewing is janitorial. This is true. So you know, we're we're trying to make something that every pathogen out there loves to eat 
<laughs> and uh, we only want one of them to eat it, right? Yeast. And, yeast. And, and so all Sugar the mold, fungus. Yeah, all the molds, all the bacterias, all the other wild yeast, they're all trying to land on it too. So um, the lab becomes a huge thing for us, especially at the, at the volume. So spectrophotometers, um, gas chromatographs. Really? The, whole, the whole gas? Thing. Oh, yeah. Totally. Interesting. What's I mean, that helps you identify the certain elements in a particular spectrum. Sure, at certain points in time. So, for instance, we had one beer uh, that we had. We had uh, acetyl aldehyde, which is a precursor to al- alcohol, right? Right. And the acetyl aldehyde was reforming uh, late in the fermentation cycle, and it's kind of a, a rotten, citrusy kind of profile. It's bad, right? And we're like, geez, what the hell is making this happen? It's a stressor for the yeast, and we don't know what's causing the yeast to actually stress. Ran it through the GC, and we did it at different times, and you could see the zinc levels bottoming out. Mm. So zinc as a nutrient was actually dropping down to a point. So it was adding uh, prophylactically uh, zinc to the boil to sort of counteract that, and that cleaned up the whole fermentation process and fixed the beer. So, you know, using it to find out... um, what you're missing or what is overcharged at a certain point in time. Interesting. Let's you dial beer in. Very cool. Right? When it comes to yeast, are you sure. looking for specific strains? On oh, a regular, yeah, totally. I mean, like, well, let's try this. We have this new idea for um, a special beer. It's got these elements, but let's, we haven't made it. Can we use a different yeast to get different profiles? Oh, totally. Yeah. You can use, you can use champagne yeast for brewed IPAs. Oh, you, yeah. can, you can, you can use wine yeast. You can use sake yeast. You can use, uh, lots of diff- different things. You they mean all, like koji? Yeah, they all really? they all provide different esters, uh, right? Right, esters. And right. so I think it's a it's a it's a matter of you know yeast is an ingredient as you have hops and, and malt, and so when you're balancing that beer, those yeasts have a huge influence in that in that final product. So we talk about from yeah. the small side, yeast produces uh, yeast eats sugar, makes alcohol, sure. uh, CO two, and of course a little glycerol, and perhaps. But there are some dynamics in there with the esters that like you get banana flavors and banana profiles, banana cloves. You right. can get some wonderful things. There's a, there's a nuttiness that you get out of our our yeast that I really like. All this like. from sure. a single celled organism. Single celled organism. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew that's? I mean, there it is. Simple is more. Is less is more. Exactly. And it, just be simple. Hey, this is really fun. We got some beers to taste. I've got Joe Basaka the founder of Elysian Brewing here in studio. So stick around, folks. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Regular guys separated by 20 years and a full head of hair. Mark Lee and Van Camp. Weekdays 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570. KVI. KVI. Want to know weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, hope you're having a great Saturday night. It is the middle of September, and uh, that little chill in the air makes a perfect time, the perfect season for um, some beers with a little more flavor. And uh, I've got a very flavorful guy in the studio, Joe Basaka, the founder of Elysium Brewing. He's got some partners uh, and, of course, a host of great brewers. But um, we're talking about the Great Pumpkin Beer Festival. And uh, what year is the Great Pumpkin Beer Festival? I mean, what iteration? How many? This is 14. 14. Yeah. All right. So uh, the uh, troubled teenager years. Um, you've got a new venue, and the, the event is actually uh, taking place. It's a two-day event. Yep. 
Uh, it's October 5th and 6th. That's a Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday, Seattle Center. Seattle Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, tickets are available now? Yep, absolutely. And at Elysian.com? Uh, on our website, you can get them uh, also at any of our pubs. Okay. Have them too. Yep. And tickets are 35 bucks, 45 bucks. Uh, I believe we are at 30 It's a super deal. 50, 50, 50. All right. And how many breweries do you uh, anticipate attending? Or so we usually have about 100 beers. This year we've got about 17 to 20, depending upon how we finish out. Brewing them now as we speak. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's experimentation. We have sure. some wild card ones that, you know, pretty pretty sure they're going to work. And then the other 80 beers are from all different breweries. Right. I mean, 100 beers uh, <laughs> in the wall. I imagine you could play that song all night. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> Not that long into the evening. They're fairly oh, strong. Jeez, so. I could start yeah. singing in my, ringing in my head. Uh, curious about when you when you talk sure. about these pumpkin beers, is there a special temperature for most pumpkin beers? To be, And are they all pumpkin beers, or are you going to have a... So we're doing, uh, just to mix it up a little bit, I opened it up last year a little bit and kind of pushing it a little bit more that it's going to be pumpkin beers, uh, fresh hop beers, mm. as well as uh, farmhouse beers. Farmhouse meaning? Uh, Saison's, uh, Belgian style. Okay. Yeah, so so kind of expanding it over. Like a little bready? little bready, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, I think, uh, you know, the palate, if it's just all these pumpkin beers, you may oh, sure. burn out. It's nice to cleanse your palate once in a while oh, when, yeah. you're, when you're tasting through. And what's interesting enough, I've attended yeah. it two years ago. I missed it um, uh, last year, of course. But uh, the quality of beers is really, really high. Super good. Over, yeah. Overall, I mean, no one's coming here to show off their crappy beer. It's no. They're showing up. They, and it's... There's a, a good amount of healthy competition and pride that goes along with showing some of these beers. We don't judge beers. We don't rate the beers when they're there, but there's a lot of chatter on the floor. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, there's yeah. There's a lot mm, of chatter. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Man, Did you try that one over there? Oh, God, that guy. <laughs> well, you brought some beers in the studio. Let's talk about, and you said you, you brew 100 beers seasonally or yearly. Roughly, yeah. Uh-huh. Is that, is that about broken down to 25 per quarter per se or per no, season? it just depends upon what we're pushing and what we're chasing down. I mean, when we did, when Space Dust came out, that was like the, the you know we had done twelve or fourteen different variants of new IPAs right. to find that one beer. So it's you know it's a it's a leading process into something that works. But through that time, you experiment with different hop strains, experiment with different yeasts and adjuncts and things and right. scrum stuff. Is there a consensus when it comes down to picking the one out of the fourteen IPAs to to become the flagship of our? Yeah, I mean it's a real organic process in that you know you watch it at the pub. Like at Elysian Fields, it starts to sell, and people start oh, gra- gravitating towards it. Then you right. get it on the street, and gets a little more legs, and it's less uh, less push, more pull. I, I agree. Right? That's the yeah. San Michelle started that process about 15, yeah. 20 years ago by doing on premise wines, sure, right? Totally. They, they make a glass pours, and people, oh, I like that. Then they go to the supermarket. Uh, well, congratulations on that. You. Um, you've got four beers here. What are we going to try first? So I'll start lightest uh, Good alcohol idea. to heaviest alcohol. Excellent. I'll move this one over and these one. are fresh beers. Yes. So uh, Dark Knife is the first one. This is our latest and greatest. Uh, Dark Knife. How, what's that? Dark Knife is a, uh, it's a Schwartz beer. Which is a dark lager, I see. Germ- German style, and we're using cinnamon and ginger. Interesting. And this is the two adjuncts. Oh, as well as loads I was just going to ask too about a dark style beer. I know you make the espresso shot. I think it was espresso stout. Was it Puncacino. the Puncacino. Um This this is dark, and I, I as I think about fall, I look for darker. And you, yeah. we talked offline. You said you're not a big Marzen guy, which yeah, is the typical sweet, like, a yeah. little sweet. I agree. Yeah. Um, like. 
there's a there's an African amber out there that is very Marzen esque. Yeah. It's a little too sweet for me. I like the the, the the balance of bitterness and sweetness. Sure. Yeah. I th- I, th- I think in you know in anything else you know when your alcohol goes up you need a little bit more sugar left in the beer right. Um, but if your alcohol's not not up there, you got to bring things down in balance. This is a four point three percent alcohol. It's easier to drink. It's smooth. The cinnamon and uh, gingers. Wow. Forward. Is this eighty pound chocolate malt? Mm-hmm. Boom! Look at yep. that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, delicious. Yeah. And I love the fact. Um, first of all, it's it's got texture. It has a little bit of. Uh, the tannin from chard from mm-hmm. the from the roasting process, the cinnamon and, and um, s- ginger, ginger, yep. uh, just ethereally aromatic. Uh, it, you get it on the front palate, but it's not cloying. It's not offensive. It's just a delicate nuance. I think with ad- adjuncts, uh, balance is the key, and it shouldn't be something that's just beating you over the head with it. Right? It's got to be subtle. It's got to be in there. Uh, the object is, you know, if you're drinking three pints of this, how are you going to feel on that third pint? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Still, still want to be able to drink it. Right. There's uh, there's some beers out there that I, you know, the first one's perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next in the small glass. Uh, this this beer, um, this is a real good food beer. Totally. I think to me, this goes could go with a burger. Could go with barbecue. You could go with what do you eat? What do you eat with this? So I've cooked with this too. Yeah, I get that. You get because some... it's, it's not too hoppy either. Mm-hmm. You know, I think like a real hoppy beer is a little hard to cook with. Gets a little astringent as you oh, bring yeah. it bring it down. Uh, a lot of these pumpkin beers is spicing. You can do wonderful things with um, marinating steaks mm. and some of the dark ones. You mm. know, cooking things, right? It's yeah, great. this got a little Calby rib kind of thing going totally, on with that totally, ginger. Totally. It'd be really Cinnamon. delicious. Oh, so fun! Now, do you? Is there a one bottling plant? Is that in Georgetown? Yep. Georgetown. Okay. Yep. And and how many bottles can you produce a day? So we just put a new bottling bottling line in, and we run around three hundred and fifty to four hundred bottles a minute. Wow! Uh, which is cool, right? Uh, except when there's a crash, then it's not so cool. <laughs> uh, you don't have uh, uh, was it Laverne? Sure. The first thing I did when we opened up the new plant, I did stick a glove on one of the bottles. Oh, so that. cute! Of course, uh-huh. I need that music too. Yeah. Or is it uh, Lucille Ball? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was eating uh, chocolates off that line. Right? Uh, so fun. Um, this is delicious. Now, why is it? I, I've asked this question mm-hmm. before. I probably asked before. Um, 22 ounce. Why the 22 ounce? You know, when we f- first started craft brewing, they were available. I see. You could buy the bottles. Okay. Um, we've had them for a long time. The bombers have been out there. Um, personally, I think they're almost a little big. Uh, I'm looking for kind of 500 milliliter. Yeah. So it's a little bit. It's 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 a little smaller than these. A little bigger. Than, yeah, ounce, right, it's right, a right, nicer right. size. I think it fits within a little bit better. Uh, like like I said, the 22s were just a relic. Uh, you know, craft brewers in the 90s, we we used what we could get. Right. You know. Old Grosch bottles. Yeah, old Grosch bottles. <laughs> Dairy equipment brewing. Uh, yeah, pretty fun. Uh, this is called Dark Knife. It's Dark available Knife. now in stores, in the stores. Whole Foods, and the, yeah. some of the good beer shops, Beer Junction, things like that. Yep. Uh, awesome. All right, well, you've got another beer. You've I do. Got three uh, more beers. Night Owls, our first one. Our first pumpkin beer we ever made. Now, we talked about offline, too, yeah. why pumpkin beer. And one of the things that makes American craft beer versus different than European craft beer is that um, this innovation idea that we're using lots of different ingredients, lots of sure. different flavors, and trying to get different styles and really pushing the envelope and making something a little crazy. Kind of a, uh, a Frankenstein with a sure. beer stein. <laughs> Absolutely. But this is, is this the first pumpkin beer made first in America? Pump- uh, no, I oh. don't think so. Well, uh, we talked because you thought yeah. the pilgrims were doing that. Yeah, the pilgrims did it first, I, th- I think. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was. Um, 
this is the first one we did, and uh, give a lot of credit to Marcus, who was uh, assistant brewer at the at the time. Uh, he's the one that brought up the whole thing about you know the Pilgrims land. They didn't have any barley, and they wanted to make something. Um, but his uh, push was that it would be a sessionable pumpkin ale, mm. that it wouldn't be this big desserty yeah. thing. And so the idea was those pumpkin pie spices, uh, the cinnamon, nutmeg, uh, clove, um, all all spice that that gives it that mm-hmm. nice feel, but not too overwhelming in the in the spice. And the pumpkin is present, but not over overwhelming either. You know, it, something you can drink pints of. Uh, yes, this is a delicious beer. Um, it's it's a little has more fragrance, mm-hmm. a little more a little more body. Um, it has more complexity with the, the variety of ingredients you've added here. But it's not again cloying. And to mm-hmm. me, this this is actually a pretty cool food beer too. This reminds me more of a stew or a chili kind of thing. Absolutely, you're getting me this mm-hmm. little more. Um, savory, saucy kind of things. It tastes like a glass of fall. (laughs) And I can't get up. Um, This is pretty neat. So um, the great, it's called again... Great. Night Owl. Night Owl. Night Owl. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, I was at, by the way, I was at uh, my sommelier tasting mm-hmm. this afternoon before I got here this evening. So, um, And I didn't, my spit cup was dry for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's just getting primed. Um, and now, so this is the season for beer. Sure. Uh, when you talk about a session beer, is there a definition? Is that... Point four point five percent and under alcohol, or is that? Yeah, it depends on who you're talking with. I mean, we always joke that like sessionable for us is you know five and a half percent ABV because all of our other stuff is eight. Um, you know, I I look at session as uh, this is a beer that I can drink all night long, as opposed to you know I'm going to have a few few of these and I'm going to be tanked. Yeah. Right. So you know I think it's it's the ABV level that's maybe in the mid fives at a high point. To maybe four at the low. All right. right. That's good. Sessional beer. We got two more beers. Speaking with Joe Basaka, the founder of Elysian Brewing. Uh, We're talking about the Great Pumpkin Festival coming in October, October 5th and 6th at the Seattle Center. Stick around, folks. We're going to dive into the Great Pumpkin here on Happy Hour Radio. He's live, he's local, he's all Northwest. Lars Larson, weekdays noon to 3, Talk Radio 570 KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle, hope you've got something great in your glass, something perhaps the great pumpkin-y, tasty, uh, and Elysian-y. Uh, you know, this is, the Elysian is the Elysian Fields. It's a great spot. Uh, I was down there actually before a, uh, a, a Seahawks game. Yeah, that was really fun. Popped in, a couple of brewskis. Uh, you've got some good fruits. I think you guys got the biggest plate of fries. It's an enormous in plate of fries. Seattle, <laughs> we, and they're good. They're you know they stay you know firm and crisp and all that, uh, and they give you a good foundation to have a great time for the rest of the night. Uh, we tried two beers, Dark Knife and Night Owl, both from Elysian. The first one had cinnamon and ginger. This one, second one had a little allspice, nutmeg, clove, 
Uh, cinnamon as well. Yep, cinnamon, nutmeg, clove, and allspice. Allspice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have two more beers that uh, you are rolling out for the Great Pumpkin Beer Festival yep. taking place October 5th and 6th. That's Seattle Center. Fisher Plaza, Fisher Pavilion, uh, and the tickets are available at uh, your website, which yep. is? Elysiumbrewing.com. Boom. All right, and what beer is next? So, uh, Punkachino, which is sort of one of the crowd favorites out there. We've been doing for a while. I've been missing doing this the whole time. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right now this is good because i, I think about fall i like dark beers when i was home brewing of course you know it was harder to make a light style beer because you, you couldn't you wanted malt they didn't make any light malt for, right no <laughs> they did not syrup. make light malt so everything was dark and amber and <laughs> and high test and then you know we really pushed the envelope all right so this one is called uh, Punkachino, and this is basically coffee pumpkin ale. Wow. Uh, it's kind of porter-esque. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a true porter, but it's along those lines. Um, it's a little lighter body. Uh, it's not going to be thick and, uh, you know, you know, syrup, syrupy, but there is a, uh, a ton of Stumptown cold-pressed coffee in there. Wow. So caffeine? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's yummy. Yeah, and the uh, coffee that cold press is that sort of sweet coffee. It's flavor. sweet. Yeah. That's exactly it's a it. sweet coffee flavor. I know. That's the first thing. I'm like, God, it's just sweet. Um, yep. When I think, and apparently it's just the whatever it is that is. It's, Sweetness wasn't in the beer; it's in the actual cold. Press. Yeah, yeah, I can taste it. Um, thing about pumpkin. Pumpkin is very popular, obviously, because the season. Sure. We we can picture it. It's something easy. We all recognize it for being Halloween kids. Um, but why is tell me why pumpkin is so popular? I think that Halloween itself, you know, it encourages you to put on a costume, right. go out, step uh, outside of kinda, your kind of a safe space to be yourself. Kind of let <laughs> let yourself for out a day, there, right? For a day, you get to put on a costume and be whoever it is that you really want to be. And the symbol of Halloween is the pumpkin, right? And I think people gravitate towards it just because it makes them feel like that era. It's family time. Thanksgiving's around the corner. Getting into the holiday season. Um. I, th- I think there's a real allure to that whole time of the year, the whole fall. I agree. You also mentioned from a yeah. uh, chemical perspective, uh, pumpkin is uh, amenable to being... Fermentable. Like fermentable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Works great. So, so I don't think about pumpkin being sweet, but apparently the, it's a simple starch sugar that are in that that helps that allows the yeast to go mad. Yep. Converts great. Uh, the residual flavors left are actually really good. We brewed with uh, some things like persimmons that start out beautiful and wonderful. Mm-hmm. And once you take out all the sugar, it's this right. astringent mess that's left, right? It's really bad. So you got to add it at different points. Uh, pumpkin is one of those ones we've, through through the years, we put it in the mash. We put it in the kettle. We put it in the fermenter. We put it in all different points. And it works differently in each in each zone, but works very well in each zone, too. Interesting. So you said you, you actually use a puree. When I think about it, obviously, pumpkin comes in at the grocery store. You can get it in the can or you can get, get it in can. with the, yeah. outside in the big bin. But you have it actually processed to order. You guys right. have so it's So it's like in the can, it's almost a little cooked tasting, right? And in the... Um, <laughs> In the uh, stuff that that we get, it is fresh, so it's basically just ground up pumpkins. 
Um, is that a, a domestic product? Yeah, and 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 it's it's so that we can use it how we want. If we want to cook it and get a cooked flavor I out see. of it, we can do that. If we want to leave it raw, get a more vegetal taste, we can get that. So too. it's oh, so it's a, it's actually refrigerated raw or refrigerated frozen raw. or whatever. Yep. Yeah, I see. Yeah, okay. and then and then at that that point, we can take it and handle it how how we want for the interesting. How how much pumpkin? Like, what's the ratio? Is it um, uh, like so a half we'll, pound to a gallon d- or something? Depending upon the different beers, it's like it's a, it's a wholesale or wholesale slaughter of pumpkin fields. <laughs> it's really? it's it's a huge amount, pallets and pallets. Wow! Stuff. Yeah, interesting. Um, well, this one's delicious. It, this has a little more prominent uh, uh, pumpkin and coffee flavor. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's it's deli- uh, I'm digging it. I think I'm speaking faster because I think I can feel a little, <laughs> a little bit of the caffeine. A little bit of the yeah. caffeine. That's a good thing, uh, especially when you are, um, you know, on a Saturday night. Sure. So uh, all these beers are available at most of the stores, or are some just brewery only? Yeah. So a lot of these are going to be. So all of these beers that I'm, uh, sh- you know, showing you now are available out there in in uh, stores. We also have a trove that are uh, draft only at the pubs. We let some kegs out on the street if we can. If we have extras, um, and then once in a while we'll resurrect an old beer we haven't bottled in a while and stick it out there again. So. Interesting. Is there some plans? Do you, is there a holiday beer? Do you guys do like a? I mean, I think Jolly Roger to me that's one of yeah. my favorite holiday beers. Totally. I think it's eight point nine percent. Yeah, Marathon. Marathon. Yeah. Uh, Frost is our winner. Oh ale. yes, yeah. I dig that and, one and, too. And it's just it's it's an imperial pale. You know, it it's is. an unspiced, unadulterated. Big giant. I do pale. like the Bifrost. Yeah, because yeah, that's in that eight point seven percent too. Yeah, I think. pretty close to nine. I know. I was looking. At that. <laughs> it's a winter warmer. That's a winter warmer. Yeah. Uh, there was another holiday kind of beer. Valhalla, that you, we did. Yeah, which was a sort of a sort of a red IPA, big giant one. Uh, also, in Valhalla, we brew for the pubs a lot too. Right. Uh, we still got labels for it, so we may kick some out. Yeah. Well, I like that because Valhalla is a another term for sure. Elysian or the uh, it's not a utopia because it's the afterlife. But um, Valhalla was the cool twist on it. In that, I mean, it was it was the same Elysian fields ish thing, except in Valhalla, uh, the warriors would hack each other to death during the day. And at night, their bodies would come back together, and they'd toast beer all night long. So well, cool. that sounds fun. <laughs> How'd you do today? Ah, I got my head chopped off. <laughs> you thirsty? Absolutely. <laughs> just pour it down That's the hole. pretty neat. Uh, speaking with Joe Basaka, the uh, founder of Legion Brewing, and um, Josh Riggs is the brewer. Who's Waldman. The, Josh Waldman. Yep. Because there's a Josh Riggs at yes. Pyramid. Who's now the inspiration. That's how I got that mixed up. All right. So the uh, the flagship pumpkin beer is next. Uh, so the great pump. So Night Owl is the flagship. I see. And what wound up happening is um, one year we were brewing Night Owl, like the second year we were making it. And um, I think my partner Dick mashed in, walked away, and the assistant brewer Marcus came over and mashed in again. Oh. And we mashed in twice. And so. Monster Mash. We just decided to make a great pumpkin beer, right? <laughs> Got it. Got it. <laughs> so okay. It was, it was it was double. That's right. Well, you know, it's yeah. a yeah doppelbach. Yeah, it's it's a big one. So the same profile uh, Night Owl has, but in an imperial ale. And this guy is actually, uh, I like a little better. Yeah. Yeah. It is strong. Mm, more hops. Mm-hmm. The pumpkin seems to be a little 
different f- flavor. This pumpkin seems just it's uh, more of a pumpkin panna cotta or something. Yeah. It's a little lighter. It's a, it's a little lighter. The al- al- alcohol level is higher. Uh, fermentation's a little more more aggressive. Probably took out a little bit more. I like see. That. Ah, but Vegetable I get pack. second second mm-hmm. sip. I get a little more on the finish. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is a, a very juicy. I don't know, juicy is not the right word. It has some acidity in this beer. It has it, a little bit of acidity. Yeah, in that's yeah. what it's because it, it, it makes the body feel a little more refreshing because you got the acid. Yeah. It's like yeah. lemonade is refreshing, but it's tart. I don't think juicy is off. All right. Yeah, I think I think it, it, it's like if you could think of a juicy pumpkin, that's yeah. kind of what it's coming uh, across Sugar pie as. pumpkin. Yeah. Uh, yummy. Now, this beer, so you, all four beers will be at um, the Great oh, Pumpkin yeah. Beer Festival? No, listen, we'll have, like I said, 16 to 20. Is it all indoors at the Fisher? No, so we're uh, Fisher Pavilion. We're in the grassy area okay. outside going all the way up to the fountain. Oh, wow. And on, and on top, too. Wow. Yeah. And the weather was good last year? Weather was awesome last year. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was awesome in Paris, too. I remember. It was, it was yeah. so good. <laughs> it was like blue skies for the 46-degree latitude or wherever we are. Perfect. On that. What's a typical price for um, a bottle of beer at uh, the store for these these pumpkin ales? Uh, these pumpkins are going to range. $4.99, Yeah, you see them like five forty nine. Uh, all the way up to seven ninety nine for some of the more rare ones. Excellent. Well, uh, this to me is my my favorite because I think yeah, I like a little more. I'm probably past. I'm an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't get the chai lattes. I just get give me a regular. You know, I gotta drink my coffee black. Sometimes I like oh. cream and sugar because that's yummy. Uh, and this to me is my cream and sugar beer where I've got. Although you got coffee in the other one here. Yeah. Um, this has been a great selection. I want you to stick around because we want. To, there's a great um, beneficiary for the Great sure. Beer Pumpkin Festival coming up, or the Great Pumpkin Beer Festival. See what's happening. <laughs> stick around, folks. We'll be right back on 570. KBI. Start your day the right way. The Commute with Carlson, live and local, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. Talk Radio 570 KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back for our fourth and final segment here on 570 KVI. If you ever miss a show, we've got a website. It's called happyhourradio.net, and you can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Got over uh, 199 shows. Actually, it's 200 shows. This is the 200th show, actually, today. Tonight. Oh, right on. Yeah. Woohoo! It's like our bicentennial, <laughs> something like that. Uh, pretty neat. Speaking with Joe Basaka. <coughs> Joe, we just tried uh, the last beer, um, was Great called Pumpkin. Great Pumpkin. Now, what hops are in here? Because these are just bittering hops. These aren't aroma hops, are they? No, they're just uh, bittering in there. I got to even look at the label on this one, so I haven't looked at it for ah, a long See time. what happens when you print, right. you make that print so small? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't have my glasses on because I'm old, too. You got beer goggles on. That's what we need. There you go. Yeah. I Can you make a need to make a beer called beer goggles? Yeah, totally. I need to make a beer called beer goggles. <laughs> I wear them enough. Um, all right. So we have the great pumpkin beer festival you've got yep. over 100 beers to be showcased how many breweries do you say like 60 so it depends so we're finalizing out one of the big things is uh great american beer festival in denver is right around the same time yeah and so a lot of breweries being able to ship us stuff timely to, to get it here 
is a little bit of a work in progress. Sure. It's kind of like herding a group of squirrels. Squirrels. Right? And so, you know, we never know how many beers we're going to get kind of until the event starts. Yeah. And uh, it's somewhere between 80 and 100. When, all right. When That's a great deal. Yep. Tickets are available at ElysiumBrewing.com. Yep. And this is all a beneficiary for? Fred Hutch Cancer Research Center. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, how is this? Why uh, Fred Hutch? So we uh, work with them with uh, Blitter Blit Ride in the past. Um Kind of some synergy was there. We kind of worked very well. Um, real good cause. I think they do great work. Um, yeah, they lost a little bit of funding recently from the feds, and so it was nice to be able to help them out and step up to the to the to the plate. We also wanted to expand and do uh, the beer festival that we had been been running and kind of pass that torch. So it's now the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center. Great. Pumpkin beer festival. Wow, title yep. sponsor, title yeah. beneficiary. That's great. Yeah, total. So it's uh, yeah, it's awesome. Plus, they also have a uh, they had a what is it? It's like a, a thirty foot long, thirty five foot long inflatable colon that you can go walking through, complete with polyps on the inside. Wow, it's awesome. Wow. Is, is, there, is there a giant enema? <laughs> I hope not. I but mean, there were uh, interesting comments. As you get Starbucks, you get a coffee yeah. enema. <laughs> a 30-foot colon. Yep. Wow. Well, isn't our like intestines like about a mile long anyway? They are, but these ones you can walk through. They're huge. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Jurassic Park uh, yeah, with beer. Pretty much. Is it, so you're going to have that at the festival? They had it there last year. I'm kind of hoping they're going to bring, oh, bring wow. it again. I think, I think as long as it, doesn't have, uh, it hasn't popped, uh, they're going to bring it down. Right. Okay. Well, um, that's, that'll be fun. It's, it's something for all ages. But can you bring kids to this event? Uh, you can't. This is uh, 21 and 21 older. Yep. So there's a fence. You need a yep. wristband. You need ID. Yep. And uh, ideally, you have uh, some transportation set up ahead of time. This thing's called Uber, Lyft, and Metro. Uber, Lyft, Metro, and you could take the monorail downtown. Oh, the monorail. Stay in downtown. Yeah. Right? Can't forget about that. Right. And uh, October is no longer um, high uh, tourist season, so uh, hotel rooms will be... Uh, Absolutely, a little more affordable. Um, I don't think there's a football game that nope, weekend. I think we're no, clear. that's I think yep. that's the bye week because yep. we're in London, which <laughs> I'll be that following week, October 14th. Uh, hey, Joe Basaka, what a treat! Nice to catch up with you. Really enjoyed talking more um, about the beer and about learning stuff about uh, the history. Um, and congratulations! I mean, I don't drink pumpkin lattes, but I would drink the the, the seeds out of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, chocolate night owl yeah. and uh, what's the other with the beer or the Puncacino. coffee Puncacino. yeah Puncacino. really stuff um, again leesandbrewing.com for yep. tickets to the great no great pumpkin beer pumpkin festival. beer festival October 5th and 6th at Seattle Center awesome Joe thanks so much thanks for having me hey folks um, when you're out drinking stuff I got I get stuff in the mail all the time and uh, I don't always ask for it but this one I asked for because I was really curious it's called Physique F-I-Z-Z-I-Q-U-E it's a sparkling protein water I know. You're like, wait, protein is always like white powdery, so this would be, this stuff is clear. It's This one's a lemon-lime, and it comes in a 16-ounce uh, can here. Uh, sorry, 12-ounce can. It's slender. You know, it's one of those sexy kind of cans that makes you think you're thin, which is good. Uh, but look at this stuff. It's clear. Can you see it on the radio? I'm holding it up. Um, it's got just a bit of cloud, but that might be from my beer glass. It smells like 7-Up with a little bit of vanilla. And it's rocking. It is good. Who thought that protein in sparkling water to be sweet 
delicious and accessible like that. It's not filling. You don't need to shake it. it you don't, probably don't want to shake it because it's sparkling. It's called Physique. It's got pro, 20 grams of protein, and it's available in cans. Check it out, physiqueprotein.com. Um, uh, you'll find it on Google, but it's really fun. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, we got lots going on. I love Triple Horn Brewing coming up uh, this month. And again, I'm going to take this Master Somi exam in 2019. So each week I'm going to share some uh, knowledge that I'm learning with you. Uh, remember, life's always better with a designated driver. See you next week. Cheers.